Welcome back to Jesus Speaks Farsi. I'm Joe Connor and I'm excited to finish off our Scriptures in Iran series today with our final guest, one of my good friends, Ali. He'll be sharing with us about how he and his team are translating the Scriptures into languages that have never had them before in the Iran region. I used to use this language that I knew to do bad things in my life. But now God is using this for his purpose and his work to save people. But before we get into Ali telling us how him, his wife and his friends are translating the Bible into new languages, I wanted you to first hear Ali's testimony story. It is quite incredible, encouraging and truly eye-opening into the way God is moving in that part of the world. And the other thing to take note of here is that Ali is an Iranian, but he's a Kurdish man. And for those of you that don't know, the Kurdish people are a beautiful ancient people group in the Iran region, also in Iraq and Syria, parts of southern Turkey, and they have their own culture, their own languages, yet they do not have a country of their own and so we're going to pick up in today's episode with Ali sharing what it was like growing up as a Kurdish man inside Iran. They have been wishing and hoping to have their own country, their own rules and their own borders uh, because uh, they have a language, they have a very very deep and uh, old culture and traditions uh, even the language is very old uh, maybe over 3000 years and uh, uh, but these people uh, they've been living in uh, uh, Iran Su- Syria Turkey and Iraq and uh, mostly the the location for them is close to the borders of these countries yeah so but uh, unfortunately uh, during the past 200 years or 300 years at least uh, no matter how hard and how much they have tried even uh, most of it in in a peace way they were not able to uh, have a have their own country yeah, so that's amazing. 50 million Kurdish people live in the Middle East in these countries, but they don't have a country of their own, but they've been a people group and had a language for 3,000 years. So more, as, than this. more than this. So as a Kurdish person that grew up in Iran, tell me a little bit about what caused you to leave Iran in your journey and, and how you met Jesus. Yes. So uh, since I was a kid, I could feel and understand that because I'm from an ethnic group, uh, the behavior from the government, especially, and from some uh, ordinary people too, is different towards me and my people. And uh, uh, that was always a question and a kind of challenge for me. Uh, when I was a kid, I couldn't understand it very well, but uh, we could hear from here and there from our uh, older people that uh, they don't want us to be united they don't want us to have a country uh, by day they, they meant uh, the government the government yeah. of our country and also the other trees so it was not easy to be a Kurd a student even at the school yeah uh, so, so you went to school and spoke Farsi language, yes. but in your family at home you'd speak Kurdish. Yes, praise God, since I grew up, since I was born and grew up in my family, we always spoke in Kurdish language, yeah. which is uh, uh, called Kermanji, one of the dialects of the Kurdish language. And uh, the city I was growing up was, uh, there were people from Azeri, background so the there are Azeri speakers who live in my hometown as well so I uh, already knew some Azeri when I went to school and then the school was in Farsi because the official language in Iran is Farsi yeah. 
So I learned three languages. Uh, main reason for me to leave my home country was uh, when I was 15 years old, uh, my father passed away suddenly. I had a very good and close relationship with my father. After he died, I became very lonely and desperate and even uh, the, the depression was uh, coming uh, in my into my life and uh, it was not easy for me to uh, to have a better uh, relationship uh, with people around me uh, and I was uh, deeply sad and very angry to God uh, that uh, he had allowed my father to die because he was just 50 years old he had an accident and he was passed he passed away so, so angry angry at god like when you say god you mean the islamic god yes the god the, the god that i yeah. i thought i knew so what was norway like being going from being a kurd in iran and you just went to Norway. How how was that? What did you yeah, do? Yeah, uh, so I went there illegally as a refugee. I tried to yeah uh, to uh, go on with my life. Uh, so Norway was very interesting because it was uh, it was it is a big country, but it was uh, not uh, very uh, crowded. So and they 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 liked Kurds. Yeah. And I was uh, uh, seeking peace and happiness, uh, especially, as I said, after my father's death, I tried anything to get to that peace. But unfortunately, uh, I went uh, to uh, start some roads which were not taking me to the light. Yeah. Uh, instead, they... They took me to the darkness, and uh, I uh, uh, I become a drug dealer. Yeah, I was seeking to get some rest. Yeah, in my soul. Yeah, but I couldn't find it, and uh, I even would pay money to my friends, you know, for the expenses, for the daily basis, uh, whatever they needed to just have them with me yeah. to not be alone, to not be lonely. Yeah. But it didn't help. And eventually I got into prison. You were in prison in Norway? Yes. Wow. Uh, I was in prison for two years and mm -hmm. then they uh, asked me to leave. The situation in my home country, socially, politically, economically, had changed so much yeah. since I was gone. And I couldn't just believe that the things that I saw in in, in Iran was uh, they were terrible, really horrible. The people had uh, gotten more poor. Uh, they had lost their jobs. The inflation was terrible. So uh, and and uh, for me uh, was not easy to stay at my hometown. I started to uh, to study to get into university. Okay. And also, uh, one, one another reason for that was I, by studying in a university out of my hometown, I would be able to go to another city. So by thinking about that, I started to go to the capital of Iran, which is called Tehran, and I started to live there. At the same time, I tried my studies to be able to get into university, and I did it. I started to... Study econometrics. So how so, how long did you stay at that university? Yeah, four years before you, you, I. Left. So you did finish. Uh, yes. No, I didn't finish because right before I was going to finish the last semester, I just ran away from Iran. Okay. So after four years of being there and uh, doing again many bad stuff. Yeah. Uh, with my life, and getting tired of the the whole environment in my country and the whole government situation, the pol political situation and the, 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 the daily basis torture that people mm. are going through and me as a young person not having a lot, uh, many hopes for my future but uh, mostly 
I need to be very honest here, mostly because of my own personal decisions that yeah. my life was really broken and uh, without any hope. And so when you say you, when you say you ran away from Iran, tell us what that actually looked like to run away from Iran. I just wanted to run away from the whole situation yeah. there and even from myself. Yeah. But uh, the government never gave me any passports. Yeah. Since I was kind of deported from Norway. Oh, okay, okay. Back. So you weren't able to get I, any I, I, I came back from Norway by my, by my free will because they, they told me you can stay if you yeah. want, but we will not give you anything. So, but, but they knew about it and they knew what has happened in Norway with me yeah. about my uh, criminal case and all those things. So they never gave me any passports. Yeah. Uh, so I needed to uh, uh, get out of there illegally again. Yeah. So we, we uh, my village is very close to the borders of Turkey. By that time, my youngest brother, who was a very active political refugee, and he already was in Turkey. Uh, so I just told myself, I'm going to go to my brother. At least I have one person there I can yeah. stay with. Yeah. So we walk through mountains for 10 or 11 you literally, uh, hours. So which, when you say ran away from Iran, you literally walked yeah. out of the country through the mountains. That's right. Tell me about that experience. <laughs> okay, it was March 2014. Yeah. It was very cold, especially those areas there are very always cold. And you always can see snow on the mountains. So we, we started walking. It was 9 p.m. when we started our journey. It was uh, very smooth and slight uh, in the beginning. But... Uh, in an hour, I, I started to feel very bad pain in my muscles, especially and my leg muscles. You had a guide that took yes, you through. So, yes, what, so this he was, guide, he would do this journey quite often. He would yes, smuggle things. That's right. He's, yeah. He was very smart and he was very he was a nice person. And he, that was his job, actually. Yeah. He, was a, uh, he was a local person. Yeah. His village, uh, his village uh, was uh, the last village close to the border of Turkey okay. from Iran's side. So you would he took pay, us. You would pay him to help yes. you get across. Uh, yes. Um, uh, I was not alone. One of my, uh, uh, one of the people from our tribe who was a very close friend to my brother who was in Turkey by that time, as I said, uh, he was going to come to Turkey so with me as well. So the both of you went together. Yes, because... Uh, uh, he didn't have passport because he didn't uh, do his military service. Oh, so okay, okay. when you don't do that, you will not get a yeah. passport. So he he was with me too. Anyway, uh, and three other uh, refugees from Pakistan, I believe. So there was so a group of you traveling uh, we across were five, the mountains. Five people were traveling and two guides. Okay. So these people took us through that mountains. So as I was saying, in in an hour, I started to feel bad pains, very bad pains in my body. And then uh, little by little, I got tired and tired and tired. So in the middle of the way, uh, after four hours of climbing uh, very high mountains, I started to just lose all my energy. And I told the guide, the person who was guiding us, I said, okay, you take my, this friend, my friend, you take him to the Turkey. I will stay here because I cannot walk so anymore. So you were just ready to give up. Yes. And I just felt that I'm going to die now. And So I, was that also because of the elevation when you raised up the oxygen It was because levels? of many things. I hadn't done any sports for 10 years okay. or maybe 6, yeah. 7, 8, yeah. 10 years. Uh, I, I had been smoking a lot. Okay. Uh, and also... Uh, my muscle didn't work very well. And of course, as you said, the elevation and all those things, the cold weather. Yeah, you know, so everything. My body was not used to it at all. You had just come to this point where you were physically, mentally, emotionally That's right. done. And you were ready to just lay there. That's right. That's exactly die. what happened and much worse, <laughs> actually. Yeah. So it's not easy to explain all those emotions right yeah. now. But uh, I remember very well that uh, I talked to... The, per, the 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 thing or the person that I called uh, God, yeah. I said, okay, are you gonna take me now? Is that the end? Is it? Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, and okay, I said, okay, just uh, take me away. And I lay down, the guy was coming to me, even that friend, um, my brother, uh, Azad, he came, he said, come on, we stand up, we should go. I said, no, I'm, I just can't, I just can't, I cannot walk. My legs, they don't work. So I, I need to stay here. So I lay down and uh, I told them to go. And uh, actually we had a little uh, arguments uh, then because they were insisting to me to get up and I just yelled at them and screamed at them. I said, you just go, okay? I'm not scared to be here. I, I, I just can't walk, you just go. So I laid down. Uh, after a while, I realized that somebody's waking me up, okay? I really thought that I'm going to die. That was, my, and I, I, I believe I my body was dying, really. And even my my soul and my, you know, the 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 my, my inside inside being was dying too. I can yeah. I could feel it. Yeah. Okay, and I had no hope. I, and I was thinking to myself, okay, maybe this is much better. So uh, after a while, I realized that that uh, friend is waking me up, and I woke up. Uh, and he was telling me that you have been sleeping for 15 minutes, Ali. It's enough. Oh, you were asleep for yeah. 15 minutes. So he told in me that. In the snow? Was yes, it snow? on the mountain. On, on, there wow. were stones and snow. Yeah. Wow. That's all. So in uh, so it was very, uh, something very strange, you know. Yeah. But uh, when I got up after a few minutes of chatting with the, my friend, yeah. Uh, he took my hand, he helped me to get up. When I got up, I realized that I have some strain in my body yeah. and I can walk again. Yeah. I didn't think a lot about it, to be honest, then. But later on, uh, when I was comfort uh, in my uh, flat in Turkey one yeah. day and was thinking about that, that incident, I realized that how God yeah. ha was helping me. Yeah. Ali did make it safely across the Iran border into a neighboring country. And it was there he became a legal refugee and, and he had more hope for his life and he was thinking things were going to get better. But unfortunately, like so many others, things went from bad to worse. And one night he was, uh, he was staying at his brother's house and he received a phone call from his mother back in Iran. And unfortunately, this was the worst phone call Ali had ever had. His mother had had enough and she was on the phone along with all these other brothers to tell them to tell Ali that they were disowning him. They wanted nothing more to do with him. He had brought too much shame and pain to the family and they said they were completely through with him. And for Ali, this was the final straw. He had nothing left to live for. I decided right then to take my life away. Yeah. Because I... in. In that night, I realized, okay, the reason that I was going on on my life, I was pressing on, was actually because without thinking about that, I knew that my I have a family who stands by me and is, is backing me up. Mm. And that night, that was gone too. So I, I thought, I told myself, okay, there is nothing else you want to live for. Yeah. And you have nobody to back you up, so you just you can you can live, yeah. right? And I decided to take away my life. Uh, my my younger brother he didn't leave me; he stood by me. But yeah. I was just, uh, you know, hearing everybody else's yeah, voice. Yeah, I, when I when I heard my mother telling me that, wow. even she was tired of me, you know, and I couldn't believe, but I I understood that. So that night I was really angry uh, and I felt my anger came up and I started to talk to God again. Mm. 
And I said, you are a very cruel God. You are not fair and not just. If my father was here today, none of these things would happen. And I would not be in this situation. You took away my father. I miss my father and I really missed my father. I, you know, after all those things happened and my family are forsaking me. Yeah. So it was a very awful night. Yeah. I couldn't sleep at all and smoked three pack of cigarettes. And the other, the next day, uh, I waited till day to get uh, into evening that the, 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 the places for drinking would yeah. be open and those kind of things. And I took a shower, I put on my very beautiful clothes, nice clothes, and I went out. So my purpose was going to sit down in some place, drink as much as I could, and then buy a bottle of uh, something. And then uh, I had some pills that I could. I okay. knew that okay. if I take these pills with the alcohol, I, yeah, I will die. die. So I was thinking to do that and take that bottle of alcohol with me to a very quiet place which i knew yeah uh, and do that and just take my life away so you were walking to the bars yeah i was you were ready um, to go drink take some pills kill yourself and you're just wondering and you end up on the street where yes. the church is that isn't the correct path exactly yeah i i should have took uh, taken another path to, yeah. the, to the downtown but suddenly i realized that I was the, uh, very close to the church and I went to the church. The guy who is another very good friend of me right now, God bless him, Mohsen was uh, on the welcoming team. He was yeah. standing on the front uh, door and uh, he's a very huge guy, you know, <laughs> with muscles. He's a sportsman like you, and but very kind, very yeah. kind. He was in his late 40s he lived here with his family he hugged me so hard yeah even i believe he hugged me for maybe i don't know 30 seconds 40 seconds something like that yeah. he just didn't let me go uh let go of me and uh, he said ali i'm so happy to see you here again welcome brother come up we are singing and praying there are, so there is did, a prayer time today did he think you would come to visit the church or he had he had no idea he just saw you walking down the street he, and well, he and knew he hug. knew me i had helped him yeah with some language problems with the government oh because you could times. speak your languages are so good so you could help yeah people. I, I knew turkish when yeah. i came here okay, already okay. so uh, but we knew each other he had invited me and my cousin uh, and my uh, brother to his house a few times he had and his family had served us yeah. had served us meal so we knew each other yeah but uh, that day he was acting a little bit strange all these things i realized what was going later on yeah god was doing all these things you know it was god hugging me not mohsen mm. uh, i felt very warm when mohsen did that and I went upstairs, I sat down on the, uh, uh, behind the back road, uh, suddenly I felt like I'm in another place. It was, everywhere was dark, I couldn't see anything, I just could hear a very, very clear voice. And uh, uh, I remember that uh, my whole life, like movie negatives, you know, yeah. was going in front of my, they were passing in front of my eyes. Uh, since I was four or five years old, I could see everything that happened to me, every bad things that happened to me, every bad things that I have done, I had done to others, to myself. I don't know if me and you would be sitting here and watching all those incidents, it will it will take us days at mm. least. Uh, so uh, I could hear a very clear voice in my mother tongue in Kurdish language that was telling me, Ali, so you think you have not done anything wrong? So you think you are a good person and I have been cruel towards you? So, uh, and 
at the same time I was watching these incidents, yeah. the bad things that I had done in my life. And again, I heard the voice, Ali, so your earthly father has died, but I never die. I am your true father and I never die, Ali. Just chill out, Ali. He was <laughs> telling me in Kurdish, chill out, take it easy. Take it easy. I remember it very well that he repeated at least three times that Ali, chill out. Take it easy. I never die. I'm always here. And uh, it was so clear, the voice, that I was 100% sure uh, that uh, what I was hearing is correct in Kurdish. And I understood the sentences. But I had no idea where I was. I had no idea what was happening. Mm -hmm. I was uh, not uh, in normal condition. Uh, but anyway, suddenly, after I don't know how many minutes or seconds that happened, <laughs> uh, I, I really didn't, don't know. Even still now, I don't know. But suddenly I realized that I'm in the church. They are worshipping everybody has stood up. Yeah. They are worshipping and singing hill songs. And uh, the guy next to me has his hands on my shoulder. He's praying. He's, he was praying, obviously. So, yeah. But I realized that uh, I'm choking. I had very bad pain in my throat. Yeah. And then I realized my whole shirt is wet. Right. And then I realized that I, I have been crying. I have been crying so hard that I'm choking. I couldn't breathe uh, uh, ordinary. Uh, then I realized where I was, right? And I was shocked. I had no idea what was going on. I had never ever experienced this kind of thing in my life. And uh, so I was shaking. And the guy started to uh, press his hand on my shoulder and he was grabbing me a little bit harder and I I could understand that he's praying for me. Yeah. So anyway, I just was hoping that the service would finish, then I could <laughs> run away from that place. Yeah. I was scared, very scared. Yeah. So it was finished, uh, maybe, I don't know, 40, 30 minutes later, it was finished and I just went out and Instead of going to anywhere, I, I had no idea how it happened in that time. I went back to home. I went yeah. back home. I sat down in my room, closed the door, and I was very scared. The night came. I sat down in that room, in that flat, uh, thinking about the incident. Uh, and uh, don't know, not knowing what to do. And... Uh, just, I was just so amazed and shocked. So I was sitting and thinking, uh, I don't know, maybe it was 2 a.m., 3 a.m. at night, I realized that I'm not alone. I could really feel that I was not alone at room, yeah. in the room. But I couldn't see any physical body or anything like that. But I could realize that I'm, I was not alone. And I got so scared that I was shaking and I felt again that voice, I heard that voice, exactly the same voice but more, more, much more gentle. He was telling me, Ali, I'm your real father, I never die. Take it easy, Ali. I, I forgot to say, to tell you something, when I felt that I'm not alone, just in a seconds, in seconds, I fell down on my knees and I, pu I put my head, unwillingly, oh, I put my head on the ground. You dropped uh, your Yes, I was down all the time. When the, the voice was talking, I was down all the time. And after, as I said, a while, I don't know, 30 minutes, 50 minutes, 40 minutes, I just sat back and I said, uh, Jesus, I have been going to the church some time now. I have no idea 
that the things that they are saying, these people, these believers are saying is true or not about you and about the whole salvation yeah. thing. But I know that something is happening here yeah. with me. I surrender my life to you. You do whatever you want me. You want to yeah. do with me. I said in I said it in Kurdish. After Ali surrendered his life to Jesus, things started to change instantly and for the first time in very long, he was able to fall asleep peacefully straight away. For 20 years, you know, I couldn't sleep very well. I, was, I, I would always have bad dreams, you know, uh, nightmares, mm -hmm. usually. Uh, so anyway, uh, afternoon, in that day, in the afternoon, I called my friend, who I knew already, Behnam, the, the guy that I met. I called him, he said, hello Ali, how are you? I said, Behnam, where are you? He said, I'm at home. I said, can I meet you there? He said, yes, come over. I went there, I sat down. He uh, brought me a cup of tea. I said, Behnam, I need to tell you something. He said, what it is? I said, uh, I don't know if there is a need for me to pray the salvation pray for me because I have seen you guys doing yeah. this to people. Oh, you'd seen other people. Yeah, I had seen it. Uh, yeah, I had seen other people's doing that in the church when they gave their heart to Jesus. I said, Benham, you can do that for me now, please. Yeah. But even if you don't, I have already given my heart to Jesus <laughs> last night, and I, I was doing. I was saying this with a smile and happiness. Yeah. And suddenly he was looking at me in silence and he said, Ali, are you serious? I said, yes, I'm damn serious. He started to laugh, but at the same time he was crying. Yeah. He was crying and crying and crying for five, uh, maybe 10 minutes. He hugged me. He hugged me very hard. He said, you have no idea how many months that we are praying for you, but Jesus just entering into my life and showing me that he is involved in my life, he gave me that peace, praise and, the Lord. And um, healed relationships with families. Yes, he healed yeah. that relationship. I just had my wedding celebration yeah. three weeks ago. Yeah. All my families, except one, one of my brothers who couldn't come, he needed to stay yeah. at home because of the responsibilities. But everybody came. We had a wonderful wedding celebration. Yeah. We had fun, we danced, they, uh, sh they loved me, they supported me, wow. they helped me, they encouraged me, they love, they love my, my wife as well, who is a believer as well. Uh, even though they are not believers, my family members are not believers yet, but God yeah. healed our relationship in a way that they were accepting to come to my wedding, which was with a another believer lady that uh, who doesn't believe in the same religion that they believe yeah so this is god's work God. and uh, my wife who is a believer as i said she's from an, an ethnic group as well she came to know jesus when she was a teenager yeah. back in the country she was introduced to jesus and gospel by one of her, her cousins uh, who was planting house churches in Iran. She became a believer then. And in late 2016, uh, after she was finished, because of many fears, because of her faith, and not knowing any good thing about her future, she and her sister decided to leave the country. They came here. Uh, and... Uh, in 2017, September 2017, uh, through the same uh, cousin that had introduced Jesus to them many years earlier, they got into uh, they got to know a company and a brother in faith uh, who is doing the Bible translation into the uh, local languages, yeah. which is, which are spoken in Iran. Ali, what an incredible testimony the Lord has, uh, has brought you through growing up as a Kurdish person inside Iran 
um, traveling, looking for hope, uh, escape from bad situations, bad decisions, bad relationships, but you were never able to find peace until that day. Somebody gave you a big hug, you went into the church, you had an encounter with the Lord, and uh, you found hope and peace. Jesus continues to heal you and change you and transform you. But you're also doing something so incredible right now um, with with your, your wife and, and some other family members. You're translating the scriptures into languages that have never had the scriptures before. So before we get into that, I'd, I'd like to hear about the first Bible you received. So if you could tell me a little bit about that and what that was like when you f- first read the Word of God as a new believer. Yes, I need to start with this. It is God that is doing an amazing job mm-hmm. in my life because I know myself a little bit, so I know it's not me. Honestly, it is Him who is doing these incredible things and all those incredible things in my life. The first Bible I received was a gift uh, from the local church here, in a new Millennium Version translation Bible, yeah. which was published by the Elam Ministry. Was it a, a New Testament or the full book? Uh, I had both a, a New Testament uh, copy and also the whole Bible copy yeah. as well. And you read that Bible in the Farsi language. So that's not your mother tongue, is it? No, it was not. It was not. I had no idea that we could have a Bible in my mother tongue as well. It has been translated into some dialects of Kurdish before. uh, Like the Kurdish, which is spoken in some part of here in Turkey. Not the whole area where Kurdish people live, but some some area. And... uh, Praise God, I got one copy of that. Uh-huh. Uh, I believe it was translated by a German uh, company or something like that, okay. like in Germany many years ago. I have a copy of the whole Bible in that dialect. Yeah. Praise God, because I understand almost every dialect of Kurdish language. So it's, it is very easy for me to read it. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about what that process is to translate the Bible into yeah. languages that I've never had it so before. So me and some others are helping these different projects and groups who are translating Bible into their mother tongue, which yeah. are these languages is are spoken in Iran yeah. among local tribes and local pe- different nations and peoples who live in Iran, yeah. right, inside of Iran. So at least 20 projects that I can recall right now are going on. They call us exegetes. We are also exegetes in training, mm-hmm. right? We are uh, we are in training to be an exegetes. At the same time, we do the exegetes in practice, uh, and uh, uh, hopefully, eventually, we will be uh, translation consultants. Okay, right? Uh, I don't know when in the future. Hopefully, but I really hope that will happen because i love it i love what i do god has given me gifts about it praise the lord and uh, so most of these languages that you're you're translating the bible into um these people would speak farsi yes i was going to explain the whole process to you yes these are people from iran yeah who have been in contact with Farsi language, which is the official language yeah. in Iran, most of these people at least have been at school in Iran, so they know Farsi. Mm-hmm. So uh, as a resource to translate the Bible into their own language, they use the Farsi versions, okay. which are available, like New Millennium versions, like PCB, another one, TPV, we call them PCB, TPV. Uh, so there are three at least three major Farsi translations which are available and the translators, they use those in uh, as, as, as the resource, as the main resource. But our main resource in our work uh, is the Neo Millennium version because okay. it's much better and much closer to the original text. We study a lot. We need to study and ask God to help to understand more of the Bible and also learning many other materials 
for the translation yeah. uh, thing. So we, as exegetes, we helped it, uh, the translation to get better. And then the consultant, the consultant person is checking the yeah. uh, so translation. And then we have a community test, Okay. It's, which is not easy, mostly because we have to uh, make sure that somebody from inside of the country who is usually if we can get who is not a believer yeah. to listen to this translation oh, wow. to make sure that we are not in on a wrong path and about the language right the language is correct yeah. uh, i'm sure you 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 cannot uh, you can't ever find the perfect translation yeah but that's holy spirit's job yeah. to make sure that it so touches, you find um, somebody correct. who speaks that local dialect, whether it's a, one of these Kurdish languages, there's about 20 that you're, 20 languages you're right doing now, at the moment. Uh, right now, there are 20 projects that are going on. That your this, team is doing yeah. over the Iran region yes. amongst Kurdish people and some other ethnic groups. Not just groups. Kurdish. Yes. We yeah. have, right now we have two Kurdish projects. Two Kurdish projects. Two different dialects of Kurdish language. And right. then the other are different yes. ethnicities. That's right. And so they first, they're Christians, they, they, they translate, they type up the Bible in that new language, and then it goes through lots of different steps of being tested right. and talked about, and you sit there and you listen to it, and you say, this is right, this is wrong, let's change this word. How long is that, that process for, say, a chapter of the Bible or... A book of the Bible. I know Bible books are different lengths, but are we talking years and years, uh, weeks, months? Yeah, I believe for the whole Bible, for just one language or project, if you call it, it can take years and years. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the technology. Yeah. And if other resources are available, can make it shorter. Yeah, and that's what's happening with uh, your team. Yes. Yeah. That's what we hope and try, and I believe the company and our leader, yeah. who is a, an Iranian uh, Christian leader, yeah. he has been serving the Lord for over 50 years. He's very committed. If we have more consultants in uh, native language, yeah. who, who knows the native language, that will help the, the translation work a lot. So one of the things that our company and our leader is trying to do is to train people like me National and others yeah. to be consultants who know the native Farsi language. How long have you been a Christian? Maybe seven, since six, seven February years? 12, to, since February 2015. Is 2015. No, six years. Six, seven. Like amazing. And, and you had a language gifting. You knew lots of different languages. But the Lord is using you and your team. And you sit at computers. You have conversations. And day in, day out, you're serving the Lord, working together as a team, translating the Bible. And it sounds amazing when we talk about this big picture and people hearing the Bible. But just that daily waking up, and doing it surely do you have days when you think oh i'm too tired to do yes this. i do <laughs> yes i do yes i do yeah even though i know god has told me has blessed me has shown me that i am gifted yeah. in languages and it's very obvious uh be, I, I say this really hum in a humble way but yeah. that's how it is even though i know all those things uh, I still sometimes tell myself this is not for me. Yeah, I'm not capable to do this. Yeah, I'm not smart enough to do this. And praise God, uh, the Lord is telling me that yes, you're not smart enough to do this, but I will help you. Yeah, and this is my work. Uh, yes, we do have, we do have this kind of challenges yeah uh it's not easy to wake up every day being at home all day long yeah. working seven eight hours a day uh having different conversations with different type of people uh, we, who are on different level of understanding and uh, educations yeah and also knowledge about bible but i'm sure uh, there's you have also to be very patient 
There's also times when you're learning new things about the Bible and discovering Absolutely. about God. Absolutely, every more single so. day, yeah. if you are focused on what you are doing, yeah. and you are focused on your study of Bible, you will learn a new thing from yeah. the Word of God. And so I have, right. I have this question for you. So these many people in Iran, they have a mother tongue that they speak, but if they go to school and they're in Iranian society, they'll also speak Farsi. Yes. So they already have access to a Farsi New Testament. Yes. Many New Testaments and Bibles are in Iran, yeah. uh, illegal, but people can read them and find them. Tell me the difference, and also from your own experience, of reading the Word of God in Farsi language, but the difference... Like in, in your salvation story, you, you felt like you heard the voice of God in your mother tongue. Yes. So tell me how important that is for whether it's a Kurdish person or one of these other ethnicities to hear the word of God in their mother tongue as opposed to Farsi. To answer this question, I can give you some testimonies. Yes, please. Uh, our team... The translators have been giving us so many different testimonies yeah. related to your question. For example, uh, it was a few months ago, one of the translators, uh, you know, uh, I need to explain something to you uh, before I say this testimony. Uh, usually the translators, they have to ask their family members or the people who are very close and trusted about new terms, new words yeah. to use in their translation, right? And usually these people who they get help from, they are older people, they are uneducated people, they are family members like mother, grandmother, grandpa, and those kind of people, right? So, uh, and uh, as I said, we have another step in our translation process, which we call community testing, right? We we share the text, the translated text. And this with is people. dangerous in this is not, Iran. This is yeah. not safe at all. You have yeah. to be very careful. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, a few months ago, as I was saying, uh, one of the translators who I'm, I'm in charge of helping him about his translation, he told me, he said, I was uh, reading uh, a chapter of Luke to my mother. And who is not a believer yet. Yeah. She's an old lady, uneducated lady from a very, uh, you know, low level yeah. tribe back in our home country. Uh, he was trying to find out if she thinks the whole, the whole paragraph or chapter makes sense, makes sense. or not okay. in, in their mother tongue. Uh, he said, I was reading the chapter and when it was finished, I was waiting for her response i couldn't hear anything i said mom are you there and she started to speak uh, uh, the boy is realizing that her his mother is crying so and this was over the phone yeah this okay, is over okay. the phone this is the over internet yeah, uh, yeah, social yeah. media okay. applications uh, that you can call so uh, she was crying and she was telling his son that what an amazing what an amazing story and so she'd so, never heard this story she, in a mother uh, tongue? Not, not, she'd no, never heard it? No, absolutely not. She's not a believer, as I She's said. Uh, and uh, it, was, it was the story of Jesus healing those ten lepers. lepers okay? and, what, and some come back to say thank you, but exactly. the others go away. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, it's very interesting that these translators, yeah. he has some physical problems since he was born okay okay this translator that i'm talking about yeah. who is reading this passage to her mom yeah. to his mom he's a handicapped person mm -hmm. he cannot walk ordinary right okay uh, and this mother is listening to this story from jesus doing this healing in her mother tongue in her yeah. own language she starts to cry and she starts to tell his son Please, son, pray for me and also pray yourself, but pray to Jesus yeah. for healings. Yeah. Okay, even though she has been uh, listening and receiving the the testimony and a story and gospel from his her her son, but listening to this text of gospel yeah. in her own language touches her heart. Yeah, because she had heard many times about gospel. But his, her son was telling me that I had never 
seen or heard my mother like I heard this time. Wow. She was totally touched by Holy Spirit. So, and many, many different testimonies that. I don't imagine people like you or your wife or the people because you're 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 great fun people. You're fun to hang out with. You you've not been to seminary for 15 years. You've not been to language school for decades to know all the words and. You sit here in your apartment at the computer going word by word by word. You have been through so much. You've been to prison in Norway. You've been through hardships. You've crossed the mountains to get to different countries. You've given up hope, but Jesus found you. That he would choose you and your wife and your other family and friends that are helping you on this team to, to translate his word so that people who have never heard it before in their mother tongue, does that like overwhelm you as like? Absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes I just sit down and tell him that, what is it? What is it you see in me? Yeah. What is it you see in me? But I, as I told you before, I know he loves me. Yeah. I don't know why. You know, we have translators who get help from their mothers or fathers or grandmothers who are 70, 80, 90 years old. Yeah. Okay. They are not educated people. Yeah. They are not gifted with languages. Yeah. But God is using them and chose, has chosen them. I used to use these language capabilities and this language that I knew to do bad things in my yeah. life. You know? But now God is using this for his purpose and his work yeah. to save people. Yeah. You know, I'm just amazed of his grace and his mercy. He's beautiful. I'm just He's redeemed your life and he's using those gifts and those abilities that he's redeemed to bring life and hope that you encountered through his word, through his voice. Praise the Lord. To many, many other people. It's it's um it's it's wonderful and we we tell stories about what god is doing in different parts of the world and you know in iran we hear about islamic people coming to christ all the time god is doing these amazing things and some of us in the western world we think man god could never use me to translate the bible god could never use me to to bring hope and joy and peace to all these people but god is using normal people that simply say yes you know joe I always think of God's work like this. I say, God is a criminal, mm -hmm. uh, but smooth criminal. <laughs> you know the song from yeah, Michael Jackson? Yeah, I know. I know it. I used to dance to it I, when I was a English kid. My English is not very well, my English uh, literature, but that's how I understand the smooth criminal. Yeah. A smooth criminal is a criminal who does his things yeah. without anybody noticing it. Yeah. In a very good way, nice, smooth way, yeah. and make it through all the way long, right? God does his work very smoothly. Mm -hmm. And in a way that we human beings, most of the time, we don't understand. But he says in his word that our my thoughts are far away from your mm -hmm. thoughts, are different than your thoughts. So it's okay if you don't understand it. It's okay if we sometimes just don't believe it. But the main and most important thing is that he's faithful and he does it. Yeah. And he, yes, he uses ordinary, normal, very normal people, ordinary people to do his work. I just want to encourage people listening. Ali and his team, his wife, the people working on this, they're not in a great big library surrounded by books and, and seminaries and, and universities. They're very smart people. They love the Lord, but they are just waking up each morning and saying yes and doing what God puts in front of them. And and it's 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 already changing lives. People are already being impacted by these words. But we we hope that there will be so much fruit from these different languages. And Ali, if you could ask people to pray for you, what, what would you ask for the, the listeners to pray for? We do need prayers about 
wisdom we do need prayers about not to get too proud to uh, or getting pride trap we do need prayers to stay focused uh, it's not easy being a refugee or being a uh, normal citizen back in Iran and doing the transition work with all these dangers, all these complications. So we do need praise from everybody. And mostly that God will hold us under his wings and uh, may God eventually touch people's heart through this transition work. I come from England. I didn't grow up knowing the Lord. I now live in, in America. I love where I live. But there are so many people uh, in Christianity and just in general that um, the Bible is a very old book. Um, they question whether it's relative, you know, that the some of the things it says, they, they wonder and question about it. Some people are even disillusioned with Christianity and with the church. They've been hurt by the church. You are giving your life to translate this book so that people can hear it for the first time. What is it about this book that is so important for people to hear and to know? I believe God is telling us through Bible how much he loves us and how much he wants us to be saved and in peace. Mm. Okay. And uh, I'm more than happy and proud to be able to be involved in this translation Bible into other languages. As a person who have been living with uh, Indians, American Indians, not mm -hmm. the India country, but yeah. Indians who lived in Norway, I was friend to them. Oh, okay, okay. I used to know a little bit of their language, but I forgot now. Uh, as a person who have lived with European people, who have lived with criminals, who have lived with doctors, who have lived with Kurdish traditional people, who, who is living here in the countries with so many different culture and background, I can honestly tell you with all my heart that the Bible is the only true word of God. And it is worth to read it, study it, and ask God to give us His true love and mercy uh, through his word and touch our heart to give us peace mm. I believe we all human beings as we were talking last night we lack the same thing we lack the same thing no matter who we are what language we speak what color we have where we, where we are we lack the same thing we lack the peace and the rest that we need in Lord Jesus So I'm sure you can tell now why I have uh, such a good friend in Ali, such a wonderful guy and full of, of wisdom and knowledge of the Lord in, in ways that I'm learning. And I just want to remind you, as Ali said, that all people are looking for peace. And uh, Jesus didn't say, ask me for peace. He said, come to me because he is the Prince of Peace. And so I think it would be fitting to finish with a scripture verse, I'll read from Matthew eleven twenty-eight. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Uh, I encourage you to find rest in his word and to share this rest and peace with other people because like Ali said, everybody desires rest and peace. Um, what a great, great episode that was, um, but it's not the last one of the series. We still have our chai time left to come, which I always have so much fun sitting with Darylin and Jen as we discuss everything we've heard and the wonderful people we've met. And so join us next time for chai time as we'll ask ourselves the questions, what can we learn from the Iranian people about the scriptures in Iran? Jesus Speaks Farsi is produced by Elam Ministries, a nonprofit charity whose mission is to strengthen and expand the church in the Iran region and beyond. For more information and ways to partner, visit elam.com 
If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. We would love for more people to learn about what Jesus is doing amongst Persian speakers today. 